Hello, Vima Church. I am Marty Sloan, a friend of your pastor, Pastor John. And I want to just say I'm excited to be with you today. I am super pumped for what God's doing through Vima and will do in the future. We love the Morrises. John and Stephanie are great people. And we're cheering for you. I'm cheering for you all the way from Illinois for what God's going to do in Vima Church. We launched a series recently uh, called The New Norm. And today I want to continue that with the idea of how to live your life in such a way that you can make a difference. Nothing in life is more important than making sure you understand God's plan for your life. And then from that, making your life so that God can use your life to make a difference on this earth. The Bible is filled with people who use their life to make a difference. You want to know what your purpose is and then use your purpose to make a difference in life. Here's a thought for you. In order to make a difference, though, you're going to have to be different. Different people are difference makers. When you understand how God has designed you, shaped you, <clears throat> fashioned you, formed you, then you can use your life to make a difference for His glory and for somebody else's good. Clearly, nobody on the earth has ever used their life to make a difference more than Jesus Christ. He is our go-to model for how to use our life to make a difference in this life. But from his birth up to his death, Jesus lived differently. Again, if you want to make a difference, you're going to have to live your life different. Look what the Apostle Paul says in Philippians chapter 3. He says, I want to know Christ. I want to experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him and share in that death itself. First Corinthians says, I want to imitate Christ. Romans says to transform our hearts and thinking in the image that God has for us and not this world itself. So every verse of the Bible we see is always talking about this idea of living different. Live like Christ lived and know how to use the purpose God has for you to make a difference in someone else's life. Let me take you real fast to the Gospel of Matthew. And before I get there, don't forget this. Just before Jesus died upon the cross, what did he do? He washed his disciples' feet. John 13. Think about that window right there, that moment right there. He's about to give his life. And what does he do? He washed his feet. He changed everything. Now, the purpose of washing feet wasn't just to have clean feet. The purpose was to change their thinking about their culture and what was great and what was not so great. He was attacking toward the idea that greatness was uh, determined by your esteem in life and what you did or how high you were. And here we see the Son of God himself washing the feet, taking the place of the servant. What's he doing? He's modeling being different. He wanted his disciples to live a life that was different. What's unique, though, is just before he leaves us in the book of Matthew, we see this experience with Jesus and the disciples. And we see this mom of the disciples asking for Jesus to make her two sons elevate to a place of significance in the kingdom. Look at this in Matthew 20, verse 17. It says, Now Jesus, going to Jerusalem, took the twelve disciples aside on the road and said to them, Behold, we're going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed by the chief priests and to the scribes, and they will condemn him unto death. Verse 19. 
and deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify. And the third day he will rise again. Verse 20. I love this. Then the mother of the Zebedee sons came to him with her sons, James and John, kneeling down and asking something from him, from Jesus. And he said to her, what do you wish? And she said to him, grant that these two sons of mine may sit one on your right hand and one on your left hand in your kingdom. Now just take a second here and get your mind around this. Here's these grown men with their mom showing up to Jesus Christ saying, hey, I want my two sons to be right beside you, one on the right and one on the left in your kingdom. But watch what he says back. He said, you do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they said to him, we are able. Verse 23 so he said to them, you will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with. But to sit at my right hand and my left is not mine to give, but for those for whom it's prepared for by my father. Verse 24. And when the ten heard it, they went away and they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. I can see that myself. The mom shows up. Hey, Jesus, make my two grown sons one at your right, one at your left. Make them sit with you in the kingdom. The other ten heard this, and they walked away pretty upset about it. Verse 25, but Jesus called them to himself, and he said, You know, watch this close, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And those, watch this, who are great, exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Do you see the picture here? Here's this mom showing up. Jesus, make my two sons sit at your side in your kingdom. One on the right, one on the left. You can do this. He says, not mine to give. My father sets that up. The other 10 walk away upset. And Jesus tells all of us that the idea of God's kingdom is not to lord position over somebody else, but to be the servant of all. And then he says, you know that the Gentiles, they lord authority. They lord position over the people. They set forth in their time and space that the highest is the greatest and the greatest is the highest. But he says, this is not how you're going to operate. He said, in my kingdom, my disciples are going to be different. Remember this, if you want to make a difference, you've got to be different. Come on, say right there, say, if I want to make a difference, I must live different. Different living equals difference making. And that's what Jesus Christ shows us here. He made a difference because he lived different. See, the kingdom of God is a very different place for all of us. It's different on anything in this entire life. Whatever you've seen in life, the kingdom is different. 
The first century world was full of people. There was always might and power and authority and position. You had Caesars, you had Herods, you had Pharisees, you had Sadducees. And here you have Jesus, the Son of God, the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords. What's he do? He washes feet. He goes to the lowest level possible and shows us that servanthood is the highest place. Now think of it in all honesty. In that day and time, no one woke up every day and thought, man, I can't wait to be a servant. They thought, I want to be great. I would say today's current culture, we think about greatness based upon FaceTime or, or how, many, how many views you have on social media or how many folks you have working for you or, or the political power you have. But you know what? Today it's the same. The greatest is not the highest. The greatest is the one making a difference. Do you realize that when you talk about presidents or kings, that difference makers are still the greatest among us on the earth? When I think about a president or a king or a great business owner or entrepreneur, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, they had an impact, but were they better than a Mother Teresa, someone who gave millions of people food to eat over her span of her life? You know, difference makers live differently. And Jesus tells us right here, He's speaking to you and to me today to be different. If you want to have a new norm in your life, learn to live a different life. And again, difference makers are different livers. People that live differently make a difference in life. Jesus talked about servanthood in such a way that he was cutting across the grain of the culture and saying, in my kingdom, it's not about being at my right hand or my left hand. It's about being a servant. And that's what he showed to us. You know why? Because God's kingdom is counterintuitive. It goes the opposite direction of most of our earthly kingdoms. In this life, we want power, we want might, we want position, we want notoriety, we want authority. But here he tells us the greatest among you is not that person. The greatest among you is a servant. That's who you want to be like. Be a servant. Live different. Create a new norm where serving each other is the passion of your life. Now, if you go to Matthew chapter 5, we see the famed Sermon on the Mount. And in this text, we see some nuggets that we can pull out and learn about what matters most in God's kingdom. Let's go back, Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to look at three specific traits we see in this text that we can pull from today and figure out how we can live lives of servanthood. Are you ready? Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Now, let's get our mind around these words. Let's think back to that day and that time, what he just said in a culture of might and power, a culture of rank and file, a culture of better thans and lesser thans and rich and poor and male and female and adult and child. And here Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, and blessed are the meek. What's it mean to be poor in spirit? Here's a thought for you. It means to be humble enough to put your total trust in God. 
When Jesus washed the feet of his disciples in John 13, the Bible says that he knew who he belonged to. Servanthood comes out of confidence in who God is in your life. There's never a task too low when you know who sits on high. When you know who the highest is in your life, there's no task too low. Even the task of a servant is acceptable and desirable when you know who your God is. Have you today placed your trust in God? What things right now are you trusting God for? Are you leaning on to God for everything in life? Do you trust that he has your best in mind? When I think about living for God, I think about two things. First of all, living his way. And second of all, leave the results to God. The Bible is full of examples of people that were on the backside of somewhere and God called them forth. God always used people unexpectedly to fulfill his purpose on the earth. That's the kind of God that we serve. Another thought for you is this right here. How confident are you that when you put your trust in God, he will come through for you? Are you confident right now that you have strength in God? Or do you find yourself often living reliant upon self? See, to live our life in this idea of being poor in spirit is to live our life aware of who God is and to trust in God. What about this? What's it mean to live our life in a place of mourning? Strange terms, right? We don't even use that term. We use the term grieving or, 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 or struggling. How can we even hear the term mourn come in? What does this mean? To use the word mourn is to grieve for what's wrong. It's a bigger picture. It's not just my problems. It's what's wrong with society. Do you look at the world today and go, man, this should be different. This should be better. You look at evil, wickedness, difficulty, destruction, disease, divorce, you name it. It's around us all the time. Do you see those things and go, this should be different? And then do you think, man, I can make a difference? Do you realize that God uses people just like you and just like me to impact this earth? The Bible's filled with people just like us that have a nature just like ours, not superheroes, just people who had super faith and trust in God. And God used them time and again to make a difference. Those who mourn are those who see what's wrong with society. Here's what you got to know. To have an authentic servant's heart is to have a heart driven by compassion. You can't serve people unless you can see people. We have to see people to serve people. We have to see them like Christ saw them. We have to know their pain, know their difficulty, and know that God has placed you and me in a place to help people by using the gifts he's put into our life. I love this in Matthew chapter 9. The Bible says, about Christ. He says, when he saw the crowds, look at this, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. If you want to serve people, you have to see people like they really are. How often do we see people and get annoyed by them or offended at them? A brand new term in recent days that we love to use all the time. We look at someone, we can judge them. We can sell all kinds of stuff, but do we ever see people hurting and broken? The person that lashes out on, at you on social media or, or attacks you in a, in a marketplace, do you see that person for who they really are or who you think they are? Maybe today they're hurting you because they're hurting on the inside. 
See, Jesus had compassion and he saw people as they really were. In life, we can't have compassion unless we can see people through the eyes of Christ. See people as if it was you in their place. That's true compassion. Don't see if what's wrong with them. See them as if, as if it was you in their shoes. It's easy to judge someone, but what if you were that person? What if you were in their circumstance, their situation? What about the third thing we see in Matthew chapter 5? We see the idea of gentleness. We know that in the scripture we're supposed to receive this idea of, of, of being blessed because we are, what was our key words again one more time? Let's go back. We are blessed because we're poor in spirit. We're blessed because we mourn and we're blessed because we're meek. What's it mean to be meek? Now there's a term for you. Jesus said the term meekness in a culture in which might was everything. Power was everything. Meekness in that day was considered weakness. None of us liked the idea of being found meek. Yet true servanthood and true difference makers understand the power of meekness, or can I say gentleness. Jesus modeled for us the power of living a meek life. Not a doormat, not a run me over and softness, not yielding to everyone's whim, but literally living your life in submission. Meekness means submission. Blessed are those who live their life submitted to God. You know, I've been pastoring in my life now for 20 plus years on the church staff and lead pastor over 10 years. And I'm intrigued by the fact that it's always a tough pull to get people in the church to serve, to serve each other, to serve the Lord. Ironically, our entire faith is built upon one who served, who gave his life. Jesus gave everything. Jesus paid the price for you and for me. Everything was on the line for him. Jesus served us with passion. He served us as we are, as we were. He's with us there, but yet we have a hard time, it seems oftentimes, serving one another. You know why we don't serve better? We don't submit very good. There's a direct link between submission and service, and here's why. The Bible is clear that Christians, Christ followers, serve. We serve the Lord and we serve our fellow man. Just that simple. Jesus modeled for us the power of serving. Serving him and serving our fellow man. When Jesus washed their feet in John 13, Jesus did so from the perspective of changing how they saw themselves, how they saw the culture being different in his kingdom versus the earth. When the mama shows up and says, Lord, I want my sons to sit by you. He's like, you have no idea what you ask. That's not mine to decide. But the greatest among us is the servant. He says, among the Gentiles, you see this all the time. They lord, they take power, they take authority, but not amongst you. Amongst you, my disciples, my servants, you're going to be different. See, the Christian life is about living different. If you want to make a difference, you have to live differently. God has a plan for you and for me today. And I know this above everything. God wants to conform each one of us in the image of his son, Jesus Christ. 
We are a work in progress. I'm not there, you're not there, but we have to keep taking steps or Vima steps toward the plan God has for our life. God has a plan for you and a plan for me. Here's a thought for in closing out today. The more you serve, the more you're like Christ. The more you submit to this book right here, the more you will serve. It is ironic that the Christian faith ever has a short list of servanthood. It should have a wait list. You know why? Because we're not any more like Christ than when we serve. When we serve our fellow man, we are modeling the, the, the Christ life that we should live every day. When you serve your neighbor, when you serve those around you, you're modeling the life that Jesus Christ lived. What's my summary today? Let's be different. You want to introduce a new way of thinking, a new era in life? Let's live differently. Let's, let's, let's change the landscape by changing how we think. Let's do life different. Let's create a brand new norm where servanthood is the goal. Let's be first to give, first to love, first to forgive, and first to serve. Let's not wait back hoping no one ever asks. You've been there, haven't you? They're coming down the line looking for volunteers. You're thinking to yourself, I hope no one sees me. You've been there. Today's a different day. Let's introduce a brand new norm. Let's be the people that say normal is serving. Normal is giving. Normal is laying down your life. Let's be like Christ. Let's be different. Let's serve, let's see, and let's submit so that God can shape you and shape me into the image of his son. You want to be like Jesus Christ? That's a goal for your life. Not a problem. You can do it. See people, serve people, and submit to the word of God. That's how Jesus lived. By the way, he said it best, Matthew 20, 28, just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. I'm so glad today that Jesus Christ came to serve you and to serve me. God is a good God. I've loved being with you today at Vima Church. I'm cheering for you, and I believe God has a plan for your life. God's a good God today. I never know who's watching a service like this, but I want to just take a second and pray with you. If you're here today and you say, Marty, I'm not sure if I die tonight, I make it to heaven. Pray this prayer with me and receive the free gift that God's made possible for you and for me through his son, Jesus Christ. Are you ready to pray? Come on, say, Father God, I thank you for giving Jesus to be my savior. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. I confess today that I am a sinner in need of a savior. And today I announce you and I declare you as the risen Son of God, my Savior and my Lord. In your name I pray, amen. If you pray that prayer today, let us know who you are. God has a plan for your life, and God today wants to partner with you. And Vima Church is here to serve you with the next steps that God has for you in your journey with Him. You've been a great crowd today. God bless you, and I'll see you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.